listeners, thanks for checking out today's episode. The podcast is currently on summer break, but we are re-releasing a season we did three years ago on the Enneagram Personality Test. We encourage you to check out the book, The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron, as we use that book for our discussion. If you have any questions about these episodes, we'd love you to email us at hello at wearefaithchurch.com. Be on the lookout for our new season this fall and enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast, name TBD. Yeah, we're still working on the name. TBD is not the name. Correct. Taylor Brothers something, I don't know what the D would stand affirmative. for. But Taylor Brothers Affirmative? What? No, it's got to be D. Oh, I Taylor TBD. TBA. To be <laughs> announced. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I was going with Sure. Hey, let's I do a really listening, I just went there, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I'm used to it. Let's give a, a hair update. What do we see with Taylor right now? Oh, he's hair. wearing a stocking cap. His beard's getting longer. It's crazy. I've never seen him in a stocking cap before. Mm-hmm. This is new. <laughs> Still looking like the grumpy cat, though. <laughs> he, he's laughing back there. It's good. <laughs> but we're, we're excited to be here. We're jumping into the Enneagram Type 6, often called the Loyalists. And we have two friends with us. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Cassandra. I am the Eastwood Campus Intern. Yeah. And over here? I'm Jeff Heeshan, and been a member of the church for about 12 years. Yeah. Awesome. Great. And you guys are sixes, huh? Yeah. It's what it said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind starting us out giving us just a summary of what a six is? Um, we're the loyalist. Um, I like the loyal skeptic. Um all of my friends, whenever I say it, they're like, yeah, that describes you as a person. Um, so we're very loyal once we decide to trust, but we are also very skeptical. We're the doomsday preppers per se. We always go to worst case scenario and need to plan and very meticulously think about all the things that could possibly go wrong in a situation before we decide to commit and do something. What about you, Jeff? What would you say? What's your understanding of being a six? Yeah, I kind of agree with that. It, it's um, the safety aspect really resonated with me as far as that, and that kind of goes to that that looking at all sides of the situation before you jump into it. And then the the loyalist aspect is is um, a big one for me too. It's that that trusting of others and bringing them into your your inner circle really takes a lot and takes a long time to get there for me with some people. Well, let's jump into the deep end right there, just because you brought that up. For you guys, what does it take from that person for you to allow them into that inner circle? Great question. Right? <sighs> Jumping right into it. Take that, guys. Zero to 100 real quick. So what what is that for you guys? How, like, how do you know when, okay, this is a safe person? Mm. When my wife tells me. Is that an answer? That's fair. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's, again, a lot of it for me is just processing stuff in my head. I'm, I'm you know, five is my wing, and I think my my six five is very strong, um, mm-hmm. and, and that, that processing. So the more information, the more I can hang around an individual, um, the faster I can 
bring them into my my inner circle, if you want to say. So so the more I'm rounded in certain individuals, then the more I get to gauge who they are and, and how they respond to certain things, um, how they interact with others who are around me, especially my family, um, is a big key to that too. If if they interact really well with my family, then they'll they'll that's usually a, a pretty good in for me. Awesome. What about you, Cassandra? Um. I think it's kind of hard to explain, like, uh, in the message when Nate was saying uh, one of, like, our superpowers is we're very good with, like, almost gut instincts. Like, we have a very good feel for, like, telling who people are and what they're about and being able to kind of – it's just, like, a gut thing for me. Like, there are times where I'll meet someone and I'm like, I can't tell you why, but there's something about this person. I don't trust them. Like, I don't know what it is. But there's something, and then there's those moments where it's just a gut instinct of, okay, I feel a certain level of comfort, so I'm willing to, like, let you try to get past that. Um, I definitely get that, like, guardedness of the six, where it definitely takes a while for me to be like, oh, okay, yeah, you're going to stick around, because I think that security aspect of the six for me is really big. Um so that trust for me in my head once I think, okay, you're going to stick around is the big, yeah. the big thing. Yeah. Can you tell us who that is and who that isn't? Give us some names. Um, no, I'm joking. So Kirk is not. No. <laughs> you trust Kirk? No, I, I don't. I feel like something is just off with him. <laughs> Poor Kurt. Yeah, he's, he gets roasted. That's okay. Time. We're interviewing him next week. Yeah. He can roast whoever he wants. And he will, I'm sure. He's going to roast everyone. <laughs> um, so give us an example of how you see the six type working within your life. Literally everything. Um, like I was saying today all the time, I... I spiral really quick when I'm stressed of, oh, if I don't get this and then this doesn't happen and then this doesn't happen and then if this doesn't happen, then oh my gosh, what if that happens? Um, so I spiral a lot. Um, I think it happens a lot where I am a lot of people I think that know me well would say loyal to a fault almost where once I decide you're a part of my inner circle, it's going to take a heck of a lot for me to be like, okay, I'm done. Um, and most of the time it's not me choosing to be done. It will be someone walking away from me. I'm not usually going to be the one in the friendship or a relationship to be like, okay, we're, we're good walking away. Um, so I think that's a big thing. I think I also, you know, even with transitions in pastors here or something, I immediately go to, oh my gosh, what if this person ends up being the worst thing for the church? Or like, what if this happens? Or when I get a new job, I think of how I could screw it up or things. I always just have to kind of plan through that worst case scenario in order to kind of feel security. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the book, when they, there was something that they said about the best way to handle a six's anxiety isn't necessarily to discount it, but to um, walk through those worst case scenarios because a lot of the time they'll realize like, oh, it wouldn't actually be as bad as I thought because I could handle it. Or uh, they'll just realize it's so outlandish and crazy. They start laughing because they do end up having a good sense of humor about things. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I think actually my boyfriend was the person who really started to like click that in my mind that that works because I'm pretty sure he's a five, so he's very logical. So he'd be like, okay, so you think this is going to happen. What would you do if this happens? And just walk through it. Hmm. So who who would be your favorite pastor on staff? Um, I'm just I don't kidding. have a favorite pastor. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> no. I love Evan. He knows. I'm, I'm oh, a little biased. I see how it is. You know, Thank you. you just Let's like just to play with my anxiety. On a high note right there. Thanks for coming go in, ahead, guys. <laughs> go ahead. Shut it down, Taylor. No. Uh, Jeff, what about you? What was the question? Give us an example of how you see the six type working within your life. Oh. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, I was trying to, now that you said that, I was thinking about it. Um, for me, it's it's looking at the situations that I'm in, especially if it's it's a group situation or, or more than just like like me and my wife or me and my family or, or, or the, the friends that I have real close. You know, I, I tend to... I, that character aspect comes out as far as I start to assess the people in the room. Um, and, and I do that yeah. in church all the time. And, and, you know, it's part of it because I'm on the security team, but it's that safety aspect I feel where that. I sit <laughs> so I can see which doors and, and things like that. So it's, mm. you know, it plays out and I don't, you know, I don't think of it. It's just, it, it's there. It happens. I, you know, when my wife leads in and sits way up in the front, that does kind of bother me because I can't see wow. <laughs> the yeah. doors. So, sure. you know, and, and like I said, and that's that's kind of how situations usually play out for me. It's it's I'm assessing the individuals who I'm around. And that happens at work. And, and you know, I've had conversations with my bosses about this. You know, well, you don't ask a lot of questions. You don't do that. And I go, because I'm getting a feel for who's in the room first before I wow. dive in and I start interjecting questions or comments or stuff like that. So, you know, and, and once, I think once individuals start to understand that, like, especially at work now, they know that about me. So they know that they're not going to get like the first meeting or two, they're not going to get a lot out of me because when I'm processing and two, I'm assessing the individuals, which doesn't make them always feel comfortable too. <laughs> yeah. Well, in sixes deal with a lot of fear, worry, anxiety. Um, how do you guys work through that? What do you do to just combat all those things? Um, it's interesting because when I read that, I I don't feel like I, I'm an extreme warrior or I don't have a ton of anxiety, which I guess it is there. Yeah, you um, don't let your wife sit up front at no, church. No, I don't. No, <laughs> no. Well, she does. For me, a lot of times, especially when I get to those those points of where either I'm thinking a lot about a situation or something like that, it, for me, it, it's I need to go do something physical, like run exercise, playing soccer. That's why I continue to play soccer. You know, it's, it's those outlets that I can just go and just get that energy out and get those thought processes. Like I love running because I can just sit there and think through it again, kind of like you were saying was just, you go through all those scenarios in your head and Mm -hmm. then you're done with it. And as soon as I get it out and I've, I've processed it all, I'm, I'm good to go. By the way, Jeff, he is a former college football kicker right here. I am. I didn't he, know he is friends with Coach Leslie Frazier. I just got wow. a note from the, the NFL. Other day. He sent me a note, a letter. Yeah. Got him on speed dial. So yeah. we'll get that number from you later. That's great. <laughs> we'll have him on the podcast yeah. next That'd be time. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, how about you, Cassandra? What, what, how do you see those things playing out in your life, and and what do you do to combat them? Um, like I struggle a lot with anxiety just in general, um, and. I'm a wing five as well. So the isolation aspect sometimes 
magnifies that um, and makes it worse than what it needs to be because I'll just sit in my head and stew. Um, but a lot of the times for me, just kind of like what Jeff said, doing things that I can kind of switch off and be brainless and either process through or just like tune out the world and listen to music or whatever it need I need to do in that moment. Um, so driving is a big thing for me. Um, like when it's nice out, I love to just like go driving and listen to music and not really think about anything or process through things. I'll like play out arguments or conversations I need to have in my head or scenarios. Um, I used to swim and that was great because it was just silent and me and I didn't have to talk to anyone. I couldn't talk to anyone. Um, so that was good. Um, yeah, like working out, um, yeah. relationships. I've There's a few people that I trust enough to just go to and be like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this and I need you to pray for me or I need to talk through it. And they're really good at hearing what I need in that moment, being like, okay, like, let's do that. One thing you said, um, and I found this fascinating with the six, see if you guys resonate with this. Um, they can have a committee in their head and it's people that they love, mom, dad. Um, I, I believe the book reference, it may be the podcast too, but um, they talked about how you will have conversations um, like with your wife or with your husband, spouse, whatever. And um, it'll be in your head uh -huh. as if they're talking to you yeah. and you'll play that yeah. scenario out and then uh -huh. you'll go talk to another trusted friend that be that conversation will all happen in your head. You've never really talked to the person, but you're having that kind of committee like response within your mental capacity with, with processing it. Do you guys do that? I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Now that I think about it, that, that does happen. Yeah. They said it also makes it hard to make a decision because of that. You want to thoroughly go through that process. It takes me a while. Yeah, yeah. It takes me a while. Yeah. I'm definitely the same way. I, I think I go through like that committee in my head and then I have like my one person that I'll go to and be like, okay, so this is what I think in my head and what I think I should do. What do you think? Um, like somewhere in the book, it said that, um, if you give a six a job in the workplace, a lot of the time you need to ask follow-up questions if you're asking them if they've started a task. Because in our minds, if we've started thinking about it and processing through it, we've started it when we could have not physically started the project. So you need to ask, like, okay, like, have you started writing the paper or have you started building this or are you just thinking through it? Because we go back and forth, back and forth all the time in our head of, like, oh, is this the right thing to do or is it not? So, yeah. So out of the committee, whose voice is the loudest? <laughs> I guess it depends on the thing. Like, okay. like the, for me, the it depends on what I'm, like, working through. Um, like, if it's my internship-related, if it's friendship-related, my relationship, it just kind depends of on depends on what it is that makes the voice the loudest. Mm. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> we knew that one. Yeah. <laughs> Smart answer. Good answer. Well, uh, so back to kind of the fear and stuff. Like, <clears throat> In what ways do you see the evil one using that against you? How does he tempt you, push you, challenge you with that fear and anxiety? I think the temptation for me comes from, um, in an odd way, which is counterintuitive, I can kind of sometimes want to push myself to be impulsive 
when I have an idea because I know with certain things, if I wait too long, I wouldn't do it. Like almost like when you asked me if I wanted to do the internship and I was like, nope, I'm not thinking about it. I'm just going to do it Mm. because I knew kind of in my head, if I would have thought about it, there's a 90% chance I would have said no. Um, Ouch. Wow. (laughs) Because I would have talked myself out (laughs) of it by saying like, oh, what if you do this and you mess that up? Or what if you're not up to par for that? Um, But then I think that's another way that the evil one uses it where it's, you know, it's very easy for me to think that someone else could do the job better or that I'm going to mess things up in this way or um, what if this happens and just let that fear take hold and instead of coming up with like a very real scenario, I can go to the worst case scenario, kind of like the when you hear hoofs think horses, not zebras, like I can go to the zebra really quick instead of just staying at horses. That's a great put it before. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, uh, so for you, just real quick, like a lot of insecurity almost is like what all that brings. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Interesting. What about you, Jeff? How do you see the evil one using it? Uh, I think that the two things that popped in my head for that one was, um, I think a lot of it can play into because of, the length of time sometimes it can take to build friendships. You know, I don't have a lot of close friends, so there's a lot of that, well, you know, you can look at others and say, man, he's, you've got a lot of friends uh, and all yeah. that stuff, and you're like, well, I don't have a lot of friends. What's wrong with me? And stuff like that. So I can see that kind of I playing into that. that aspect of saying, you know, yeah, you're not good enough to be around those mm-hmm. people or something like that. And, and you know, there, I, I can think back in times like that in college and high school and stuff like that, and even now it's like, you know, it's, I can see people at work, you know, oh, they go all hang out. They go hang out after work. It's like, oh, I don't really hang out with them or anything like that. And, you know, well, what is it? Why not? Well, Mm -hmm. you know, it it has nothing to do with that. It's just that that processing part. Um, I think the other thing, too, is when when we talk about the safety, and I'll I'll bring up an incident when we're on Sierra Leone. Um, I think he can use that, you know, the safety thing is big for me. And I think it can be to the extreme where I don't enjoy the time when I'm in that situation. Like for Sierra Leone, they, everybody wanted to go to the market on the last day that they were there. And, you know, when we were talking to uh, Carrie Joe, who was there, she goes, oh, yeah, we go to the market, but, you know, you got to be careful. You get pickpocketed. You'll be targeted because you'll probably be the, you know, you're going to stand out. Yeah. Um, and there was some significant unrest there you know it was it was it was a very hard time right now in that area so there's robberies there's other stuff going on so my i start thinking mm-hmm. okay the pickpocketing thing not as big deal but now does that elevate to where one of us get hurt it's our last day why do we want to go to the market just to look at stuff when we could be putting ourselves in a situation of like getting hurt mm-hmm. you know eventually again we go but the whole time i'm there i'm not scanning. enjoying the market right i'm not enjoying <laughs> yeah. the market i'm scanning yeah I'm I'm making sure okay my wife's safe Ashley's safe you know everybody's everybody's mm-hmm. here I can see everybody but I'm not enjoying the market I'm not enjoying seeing the things that these people are selling I'm just more focused on making sure we're all together and we're going down these alleys and I don't know what's down this alley yeah <laughs> and things like that so I didn't so the the joy aspect I think gets is where one area where he can play a role in that too yeah I think the analogy they use in the book where it was like you know we don't struggle with fear. We struggle with anxiety because fear is when there's a person in a ski mask in your house chasing you around and like you're physically dealing with it where we just think about what if, 
Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. that what if there's a person chasing us in our house with a ski mask? Like it's not yeah. Yeah. actually happening. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. pretty accurate. <laughs> um, so what do you do with that anxiety? Where do you, where do you go in order? I know you said exercise a little bit, but how do you do mentally? Do you try and stop it or do you play it out? Do you just go with the what ifs and you play it completely out? Is that comforting to do that? Just yeah. on a practical level. Yeah, for me, work? I just, as long as I can play it out. Yeah. And it doesn't typically take a real long time for me. It, it you know, I can get through. I mean, again, depends on the situation. Uh, but most times it's, it's, it's fairly short and I can, I'll just move right through it. But yeah, usually I, I need to play it out. Same for you? Um, yeah, I think for me, it's been good to, to just have people in my life. Like there's been a few times where, Evan's been able to look at me and be like, you're, you're spiraling. We need to reel this in. Cause I can spiral for a very long time. Like where Jeff's like, Oh yeah. Like I can usually play. Uh, uh-uh. like if I'm worried about something, I'm going to be worried about for the next six months. Like if someone doesn't reel me in real quick. So, um, I think for me, it's, I'm not as good as coping with it. Um, I do, I'm a, verbal processor so for me like I'll play it out in the car and then I'll freak out about it to myself and then finally I'll get to that place where I'm like oh my gosh I'm freaking out this is like taking over my life and then I break and I'll physically go to somebody and actually talk through it with them Mm -hmm. because I need a person to be logical because even in my own head sometimes there's when I'm playing out scenarios I can think of oh well if this happened, then that would happen. And it's way worse than what I would actually say would actually happen if I were to verbally play it out with someone else. Because in my head, it sounds less ridiculous than if I'm verbalizing it to someone else. So what's the indicator for you guys that the stress and anxiety is really like weighing on you? How do you know when it's like getting to be too much? When I become a three. (laughs) We'll get to that. We're going to jump into stress and... And healthy stuff, but just in general, like, how do you know when you're like, oh man, like I'm about to burst? When I start lying about like how bad it is or when I start trying to cover it up and make things seem better or, um, shutting people out in order to get to where I want to go. Um, or just like saying things out loud to people that I would normally never like fudge the numbers to about things that I know are completely not true. Then I'm like, Oh, like I'm way past the point of return. Like I need to reel this back in real quick. Yeah. What about you? Jeff? Yeah. I think for me, it's, it's more of when I, again, I know it's shocking, but when I don't talk a lot, when I just, I get so into my head that it's just, I kind of mm-hmm. go off and I'm by myself and I just kind of wander through the house or wherever and not talk to my family. It's just cause I'm sitting there. You get so deep, you get so deep into it sometimes. And it's just like, that's kind of, kind of consumes you for a while. Yeah. Like I can shut my room or myself in my room for like a day and not talk to anyone and just stew in whatever I'm processing. That sounds enjoyable. It is. It's great sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to lie. I just shut myself, (laughs) shut myself in my room and I'll stew in it. Like alone time. I was listening uh, to some interviews with sixes and they talked about how sixes have a, a really keen sense on that stress level. Mm-hmm. They can feel it in their body. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, do you guys say like, I can feel it in my body when I get a certain stress level or when it's coming on that, that part where you're going to need to detach and just process and work through and maybe spiral. Yes. Do you feel that? Yeah. Um, 
like today I literally I don't sleep past eight I slept till 10 because I've been stressing myself out about this so like things that stress me out like I'll either get tired or I'll get a burst of energy to want to go work out or there's like certain things that my body just naturally has decided to respond in um, to help me to try to push me to cope with it before I go into that like mass spiraling thing. And then there are times where it's just I'm tired and I'm depleted and I need to just, you know, like when Evan and Zach were talking about sitting in a car for hours in complete silence. I was like, yeah, I can totally do that. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I could. That's a hundred percent. Silence doesn't yeah. bother either. We, no. Nope. Well, it does me guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can. I like let's it for a little a, bit. Let's get them. Give a moment of silence now. <laughs> mm. I'm not saying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk. We got to keep going. Uh, so you mentioned a little bit, uh, Jeff, you already kind of went there with the wing. Um, and the way wings work is we, talked a little bit in the sermon um, on Sunday. And uh, with a six, it's either you're a seven, wing seven, or a five. Have you, obviously, Jeff, you talked a little bit about it, so you determined some more of your wing. Have you at all, Cassandra? Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about the, like, seven in general. Like, I haven't read through the individual chapters. They're Um, the best, sevens. But (laughs) I don't see myself being as much. I can definitely see times where I've kind of gone into that wing seven, Um, but I feel like I more so stay in that wing five as opposed to the wing seven. Um, because I am, when there's change coming around, I want to get all the information and store it and keep it. Um, like me and Taylor talk all the time about needing reserves of energy. We both like, I I, need to have time alone and shut the world out. I love that about you guys. Both have been saying just so much about observing. I didn't know that because with a five, they're observing in their head information. I'm not trying to speak for you're the five, obviously, but it's a lot information facts, but your guy, you guys are, what I'm hearing is you're reading the people in the room. Mm -hmm. That's just as important for you as information is for a Mm -hmm. five. That's awesome to me. I, I had not thought about that. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to go there too long, but that, that's really cool to see hear both of you as a five in, or resonate with that a little bit. Yeah, I think when I'm like looking through the Enneagram, the big thing I've noticed is the motivation behind everything is a really big key because I was mistyped um, when I took the test this time as a two, um, which I can see. And when I'm reading through the six, I can understand why, because they do talk about how sixes, when they become loyal, they'll go above and beyond for the people that are in their circle. Like, you need the shirt off my back, you got it. But as terrible as it sounds, I wouldn't do that for just anyone. Mm. I do it out of my need for, I don't, I feel like if I don't do it, you might leave. Or because I just feel loyal to you and you're in that circle and I care about you enough to do it, not in a, I need you to like me. Um, so the motivation of why I go into what people would consider a two isn't based out of the two. It's a very much based out of a six motivated place. That's, that's interesting. Um, so I think looking at the motivations, especially for women, because there's a lot of Christian women that do things that fall under the two, yeah. but what's your motivation under it? Like when Lauren was talking in her podcast where she's a three, but she's found success in being a two and mm-hmm. her motivation is the success. 
So looking at the underlying motivation of yeah. why you're doing the things you're doing. Anything to add to that, Jeff? Uh, just, I, I kind of agree with Cassandra is, is I, I fall a lot more heavily to the five and the seven, um, aspect of it where I'm, I'm just more of that be, besides just focusing in on the, the individuals, but yeah, just give me that information more than just, Hey, let's go, let's mm-hmm. go do have fun. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll do have fun, but give me some information. First. Yeah. <laughs> no then doubt. I'll go have fun. We can be impulsive, but first safety. give me the information yeah, about me, being give impulsive. Me the information first and then I'll be impulsive. So. <laughs> well, I, I have a random question for you, Jeff, that kind of just popped up into my mind for our listeners who aren't aware of this. We have a board here at the church and Jeff is our vice chair of the board. He kind of heads dun. up the board. <laughs> We're sitting among royalty, <laughs> faith, church royalty right now. College kicker, vice <laughs> no. chair. No. But, but here's the deal. I mean, there can be some pressure, some weight with being the, the vice chair, being on the board in general. Um, how do you see your six playing out from that perspective? Mm. That's a good question. That wasn't on the list. Nope. <laughs> no, yeah, Random you're question. Unprepared, I was. Throwing no. your five off um, right now. No, it's, it's a good one. And I, uh, first off, we have a great board, yeah. just in general. They're they're awesome folks to work with. Um, you know, it, it's it's they all bring their own unique talents and, and understandings and conversations whenever we have decisions to make, and it, it always you know, for the most part, has always worked out the way it should. Um, I think where the six comes in, I think that that helps Kirk out in the aspect of you know, again, he's the seven, right? So he's gonna. <laughs> He has the big vision, let's go do, and then, you know, I'm kind of the, well, let's reel that back a little bit. <laughs> um, so it's great when he can come and bounce stuff off me, and then I we can sit there and talk and, and kind of go through the, the what-ifs and the different scenarios that kind of come come with that. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, yep, Jeff, good points, and we'll go that way. Or sometimes like, no, yeah, Kurt, you know. Go with it, you know. Go bounce off that wall, you know. Yeah, type you didn't like his idea for like a faith church roller coaster out in the parking lot. <laughs> You're like, no, no, we can't do that. No, no that <laughs> too many safety yeah, concerns. Too many safety concerms. Yeah. <laughs> I love a roller. I, really? First time hearing it. Is this yeah. is it a real thing? It's coming up at the next board meeting. Yeah. Do we have a name for the roller coaster? Uh, KP's surprise. I, like I don't it. know. <laughs> I'm going with it. Anyways. If it's a roller coaster, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week on okay. our podcast. KP's surprise. There you go. Uh, well, what about you guys talked about your wings? Let's now talk about what you do when you're healthy or stressed. Uh, mm-hmm. A six, when they're stressed, they go to a three, achiever, uh, trying to just knock things off that to do list. Uh, and, and when you are um, uh, healthy, you go to a nine. You go to the peace. You want to just avoid conflict to get through stuff, um, stuff like that. So, how do you see that playing out in your life? The stress going to an achiever. Or a, a relaxed, wait, am I saying this right? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, all right. Relaxed, just going to a nine, just trying to have peace with everybody, stuff like that. Um, I guess with the, I mean, it's always nice to have peace with everybody, then you don't have to worry about anything. But, um, <laughs> yeah. True. but yeah, it's, it, I guess I look at it as, is, yeah, I, I think I can, when when I'm in that healthier state, I can. It's a little bit more clear. Like I'm, I'm more focused on whether it's the team atmosphere or or you know the, the group atmosphere and how how we can work in, as a group. You know, it, you know, it, at work we just talked about this. You know, and um, 
that was one thing that my boss, we just had our year-end review just before I came here. And that was one big thing she said this year because we went through a lot of change this year. And she goes, you were the glue that made sure everybody stayed together. That's awesome. You nice. know, and she was saying, you know, and, and it wasn't that you were overbearing or you just had, hey, look, the positives, this is what we need to do. Even when there was conflict within the group, you were able to manage that through them or manage them through those situations and things like that. So, cool. uh, again, which is one thing that I think back of is like, I didn't realize I did that. Yeah. <laughs> just right. like, that was awesome that you realized that, but I didn't really know I did that. I had to feel good, um, though, too. It did. Yeah, it did. Um, I, I mean, those things are always nice to hear when you can What about do that. S- stress, though, going to a three? Um, Checklist, getting things done. Do you like that? Uh, yeah, at times. Mm-hmm. I, I love it, but I hate it, too. Yeah. I hate doing it. It's great when it's done. You know? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, it's a... It's one because, again, you can get to the point where you get stressed out about the checklist because, you know. Does it ever feel like autopilot? Almost like you get so stressed that, like, your shutdown isn't just, like, you go to a dark corner and stay there, but rather you just switch on autopilot to get things done. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm just yeah. kind of yeah. thinking yeah. out loud. Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about it. Yep. Yeah, I can think of situations where, yeah, it's just, yeah, you just mm. go and get the things done. And, and whether it's a checklist or you just know there's things, especially, like I said, when I'm at home. All of a sudden, I'll start pounding stuff out, you know, mm-hmm. whatever needs to get done. Before Cassandra, you, you chime in, um, Jeff, real quickly. How are you with conflict? Being a six and then kind of going to a nine when you're healthy, that they may tend to avoid conflict. How do you how do you interact with conflict? Um, I think I do pretty good. Um, I, I don't try and, like, bypass it or get around it. I mean, I try and, and face it and work through it. Again, it's not always easy, but... Yeah. That's why it's called conflict. Um, but no, it, it usually doesn't bother me too much. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I definitely see like the three aspect because I think I lived most of my high school career in the three. Um, but it's weird because I've kind of learned how to push myself to the brink of being a three and use it to my advantage because um, I kind of find that sometimes I can procrastinate a lot. Um, So if I keep myself where I have to be super structured, I have times where I kick into that three mode so I can get classes done and stay on top of things and stay super goal-oriented, which is kind of cool. But but, it's also stressful. Yeah, but it's also super, super stressful, and I hate it. Mm -hmm. But I've kind of started to learn how to use that to my advantage. Um, Whereas I, I can see the like easy going, like, yeah, like I'll do whatever makes anything hap- anyone happy with the nine wing when I'm laid back and not worrying about everything. Um, but yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. I mean, I, I'm okay with conflict. I, I don't. I was taught very young how to deal with conflict, so I'm I'm confident in the fact that I know how to handle it, but I don't like it. You so I will it out? yeah, I will avoid it. I will not stir it up. Um it takes a lot for me to bring something that I'm upset about to someone. Hmm. Um but if someone brings something to me or says I have a problem, I have no problem helping them out with it or dealing with a problem that someone brings me. Um, but for me, myself to step out and create conflict or discuss an issue is probably not going to happen very often. So for our audience, 
how can we love sixes better? How, what's a couple things we could do just to help us understand to love sixes better? I think like a big thing for me is our worst case scenarios to us aren't crazy. So a lot of the time they do sound out there and crazy to other people. Um, but belittling them only makes us like, at least for me, makes me go more into myself and feel like that's one less person that I can go to. Mm. So just kind of being there and be like, okay, this sounds crazy, but then what happens? And like I said, just kind of walking through it and being like, okay, this is how you're feeling. And this is valid because even though we're in the head triad, it's a feeling and it's kind of devalidating to our emotions to just say like, oh, you're being insane for thinking this. So if you just walk through it and be like, okay, so this is how you're feeling. Let's walk through it logically. Mm -hmm. Usually it's pretty easy to snap us out of it and it's done and over with instead of being like, oh, you're being insane. And we're like, yeah, we know. And then we stop talking about it, but we're still going through it in our heads. Yeah. I think for me, it's, it's, um, looking at that we're not, we're not antisocial at times. Like I said, if, if it's a room full of people, I may not be right there engaging with everybody. I might be off to the side, just kind of, again, processing the scene, you know? (laughs) So it's not that, you know, it's not looking at, oh, look, they're just not friendly or they're intimidating or or whatever it might be. It's like, go up to us and talk to us and start a conversation. We're not going to you know, bite your head off or yell at you, but it's, it's, it's that, you know, there can be that, that distance of disconnect there from, from them too. So I think, you know, if you see that and you know that somebody might be a sixth, then, you know, go up and talk to us. Yeah. Cause it's not even something you realize you're doing. No, I think not. a lot of the time, yeah. yeah, people are like, you're so standoffish in groups. Like you never talk to anyone. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I don't like, sometimes I see it, but a lot of the time I don't you come up and talk to me, I'll talk to you and yep. I'm fine yeah. to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, it's not something I naturally just like go up and talk to people. Like yeah. Sunday mornings are, they're hard. Like it's a so hard thing for me. For yeah. Both of you guys draining. Oh, yeah. 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 Sunday mornings. I love them, but yeah. they're really hard for me because even though there's that chunk of people that are every Sunday or almost every Sunday, there's always a group of new people that are coming in. And so I'm watching and observing and, especially working down in children's ministries and the kids run around here. I'm watching all the kids and making sure they're safe and watching the doors and like all the things. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're definitely draining. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much guys for coming on here, opening yourselves up and just sharing with us and the audience. We just so appreciate it. Appreciate the roles you guys play at this church and how you serve it. Uh, It's just awesome. Love getting to know you, Jeff and, Cassandra, that you were a, a former teen of mine in my youth pastor day. So just see how far you've come and that you guys are here doing this. We just, I mean, we couldn't appreciate it more. So thank you so much. You're welcome. A word to leave us with, Nate? Give, it, give us a good word. Um, I'm still thinking about the roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> I really, stuck on that really, now. really want right? to see. Jeff is really worried now for the, <laughs> the on, next on, board on. meeting. Here's the thing. If we get a roller coaster going... We have to have cotton candy. This is why we yeah, don't put no, two they sevens go, on staff. They Who voted go this hand in hand? <laughs> Roller coaster, cotton candy. They go together. Okay, I'm good with go. the cotton candy. Awesome. Yeah, cotton candy good. Roller I coaster love bad. Can you imagine, though, just pulling up and you just see a huge oh. roller coaster in the church parking lot? 
That'd be the weirdest church. It would bring so many people to Jesus, though. Like they would come just I mean, to check out the about roller coaster a slide to the basement. Though. We did. We've we've tossed out that idea. Put the slide the down to Faith Kids. I'm legitimately getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta make this happen. But if we put a slide, I feel like all the kids would want to like go down the slide all the time. I feel like I'd be fighting with my four and five year olds to not go back up and go down the slide <laughs> well, all the listen, time. Listen, Nate, I, I got something that's a little bit more doable. Okay. Okay. Um, we're, we're getting snow right now. Okay. That's true. Yeah. So I'll bring a sled tomorrow and you can just slide down that hill out front. That might be better. Close enough. Because if we seriously got a Close roller enough. coaster here, I probably would stop going to DeWitt. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I'm sorry, DeWitt. But, uh, you know, awesome. it's a roller coaster with cotton candy. <laughs> yeah, you Thank you guys that. so much for your time. This is always a helpful um, information as well as just, just knowing a little bit more about the sixes. So thanks for your time. Yeah. yeah. All right, audience. We'll see you guys later. Jesus loves you. Yeah.